Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And today, I have a longtime friend and Ironman legend, Cam Brown, join me for a walk down memory lane. In this episode, Cam reflects on his 30-year, 30-plus year career, and the advances in technology and the incredible athletes he's competed against. And, and when he realized that Ironman was made for him, Cam shares his passion for the sport of triathlon and how that that passion is still fueling him and his goal is to race as a professional athlete into his 50s and and that's just something that's never been done before his his calm demeanor is is just evident in this conversation and just not easily rattled being such a, a useful weapon for longevity in professional sport now before we go on i just want to say a special thank you to all of you for sharing this show on your social platforms and with your friends. And thank you all also for your, your feedback and suggestions. It's just truly appreciated. I hope you enjoy this one. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. I'm so grateful for the continued support of the show from these incredible sponsors. You really do need to have these products in your life. Personally, I use each of them daily. Athletic Greens, Nutritional Beverage, Hyper Ice Recovery Tools, and the Glutathione Supplement, Continual G. What I love about Athletic Greens is its simplicity. It's delivered straight to your door and it takes seconds to mix with water. It tastes great and goes down easy. And I know I'm getting the most comprehensive nutritional beverage on the planet in one quick drink. If you're looking for one product that has as much high quality nutrients in it as possible, then you want to consider Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is more than just a multivitamin and multimineral. It takes it to the next level, adding a daily dose of superfoods, probiotics, greens blend, and more to support the gut health, energy, immunity, and stress. And right now, Athletic Greens is giving you, my audience, a special offer on top of their all-in-one formula. You'll receive one year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs for free with your first purchase for additional immune support. Many of the population are vitamin D deficient, including myself. I focus heavily in getting in the sun throughout the day, but when I can't, I religiously supplement with vitamin D. Adding vitamin D to your daily routine is just a great way to support vitamin D production. So if you're looking to get more out of your multivitamin and invest in your immunity, energy, and gut health, then you'll struggle to find anything more comprehensive than athletic greens. Take ownership of your health today and receive comprehensive nutritional insurance, a free year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Now, you'll hear me mention Normatech and Hypervolt from Hyperice in several of the conversations with my guests in this show. Many of my guests and I are using these recovery tools religiously. You really must have them in your house. Sit in a pair of Normatech boots at the end of a long day. Use the Hypervolt percussion massage device to warm up muscles and loosen hot spots before working out or anytime you have a niggling injury. They're just so easy and they're so quick and they work. Their vibrating foam rollers, thermal technology, and Normatech compression systems just help you warm up faster, recover quicker, and simply move better. Seriously, these products are the perfect Christmas gift for any family member or good friend. Get $50 off all percussion devices now, no code needed, and get an additional 10% off with code GREG10 at hyperice.com. That's hyperice.com. H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E dot com and use code GREG10 for 10% off. 
I have a web address for all of my listeners who already know that one, the human body makes the most powerful antioxidants on earth. Two, the master antioxidant your body cells make is called glutathione and the human body needs glutathione to live. Three, the reason I'm addressing a select group of listeners with this web address is that once you see what these scientists in my hometown, Sydney, have accomplished, it'll blow your mind. Go check out continualg.com, continualg.com. That's C-O-N-T-I-N-U-A-L-G.com. Check it out and let them know that I told you about it. All right. Today's guest is redefining what we think of aging and longevity. His passion for triathlon is just evident in his consistent, relentless pursuit of of bettering himself every time he races. At 48, he toes the line with athletes more than half his age. He's raced three generations of professionals and continues to be competitive. And, And more than that, he continues to get faster. His resume is just one of the greatest Ironman resumes in the world. And some highlights include 12-time New Zealand Ironman champion. And there'd be a few more wins in there, but there was a couple of years they, they cut it short due to weather. He's also won the European Championships and had a couple of seconds there. He's had four times on the podium at Ironman World Championships with two seconds and two thirds. He's won 10 New Zealand Half Ironman Championships. And honestly, the resume just keeps on going. He knows himself, he, he knows his strengths and he knows his weaknesses and he's played his cards accordingly and he's optimized his career in sport to its absolute fullest. And I, for one, have just truly have the utmost respect. He's been a friend and a, a peer of mine for over 20 years and, and we raced each other in the 90s and, and then I watched from afar with admiration as he, as he took on the Ironman stage by storm. So welcome and thanks for joining me on the Greg Bennett Show, Cam Brown. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good, Greg. Thanks very much for having me on. Oh, mate, it, it's a pleasure. It's been a few years since we caught up. I think uh, maybe a long ride in Boulder, yep, maybe definitely. 2014 or 2015. I think it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I need to get back to that place. It's a great part of the world. And um, yeah, thoughts with uh, everyone up in the States at the moment in Europe. And um, it's a little bit normal uh, in New Zealand at the moment. So we're very, very thankful. Yeah, I see you've, uh, it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning where you are. Um, you're getting ready for a half Ironman again next week. Actually, this episode will come out the day after that. So <laughs> we'll, we'll know the results yeah. once this is uploaded. But you, what have you just done this morning when you're, you're sort of six days, seven days out from a race? Uh, just an hour 40 run this morning. So, um, yeah, it's done to ease off now. Um, the uh, I did a half Ironman about four weeks ago in Rotorua. It was um, one of the races supported by the PTO, uh, Professional Triathlon Organization. So we had um, yeah some some great prize money uh, for that. So that was very very good. But uh, yeah, as, as an old fella like yourself, mate, I'm, I'm just trying to get the taper right now. As 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 we age, it gets it just gets harder and harder. And yeah, what used to work, you know. Two years ago, last year, five years ago, ten years ago, just doesn't work when we get older, and so more rest is needed. And I went into that race with some fantastic form, but um, too many back-to-back sessions, and uh, I was just toast on the day. So I need to work with the coach to try and get this one right and um, get uh, a little bit fresher before race day. It's funny, isn't it? I always said, even throughout the career, it was kind of like just when you think you figured yourself out, you're a day older. And now you have to try and do it all, you know, and it's, it's like, like you said, I think as you get older and, and you know, you've got the huge foundation in you, but you're trying to still 
find that spark, you know, that starts to get a little harder to find. It's not quite there as much. Um, I mean, how has that been for you now? You know, I, I retired when I was 44 and I, I, I really couldn't find any more races, to be honest. That was the reason I stopped. There wasn't many short course races, but you've kept going. You've had great success even in these last few years. I mean, I want to dive deeply into that, but why we're sort of just touching on it. You know, how's that been for you trying to figure yourself out these last few years? Yeah, I think uh, with age as well, I, I just, I can't stop um, training now. I just have to keep going if I um, <laughs> if I have time off, you know. Um, I, I, I had a break mid-year just with COVID and just needed that mental break and, you know, there was no future in the racing at, at that point and didn't know where, where we would be and I thought I'd be racing in, you know, at least Australia by September. Um, and then we had a second wave here and we were locked down again so I had to have a break and of course when I do that everything seizes up and um, so I had six weeks off and then I had an, probably another um, three or four weeks off due to a calf injury so um, you know I, I can probably have a week to 10 days off of no running but uh, anything more I just risk um, getting a, 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 a calf issue or something like that or you know plantar fascia or something like that lower leg um, so I just keep going now, and um, any any, um, any sort of time off is, is detrimental to, and I, and yeah. I, hate, I hate having you know it, it, when I do get injured, it's four to six weeks off, so uh, it's not pretty, and um, you know uh, I want to keep going as long as I can. So now it's just keeping the momentum going and, and keeping um, the legs you know ticking over, otherwise they just seize up. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. And I think probably a lot of the audience hear that as well. It's about just keep moving every day. It doesn't have to be fantastic every day, but as long as you keep moving. When you when you, when you you sort of had this past year, um, was there ever contemplation? Well, this could be it. I mean, there's not a lot of racing. Uh, I've just hurt my calf or, you know, or was it ever, I mean, what is your mindset looking forward Um you know, I would say now at 48, are you looking to say, hey, I want to make sure I'm a professional at 50? Is yeah. that kind of a, a goal? Yeah, that's definitely the goal. Uh, sort of um, midway through this year, I sort of thought, yep, that's a, a long-term, you know, two years down the track, trying to be a, a professional athlete at, at 50. Um, you know, back when I started, you know, I think guys like Mark Allen probably retired when he was 36, 37. I think mm. um, Rick Wells, you know, a great New Zealand athlete, um, you know, first man to win the 1987 World Championships in Perth, Australia, uh, and you know, Commonwealth Games champion, second in um, 1980, uh, no, 1991 World Championships. He was, um, yeah, you know, he was my hero, and I think he retired in his mid 30s. And, and most of the guys in the in the 80s and 90s, yeah, they retired in their mid mid 30s. And you know, I think uh, you know, we're seeing now that you don't have to retire that early. You know, the body keeps continually getting faster and as long as you look after it so um that's what i'm trying to do you know it takes a little bit more time to recover it takes a little bit more time to get the um the fitness there but um if you're getting um plenty of massage plenty of physio then you can stay there for a long long time and uh, i'm loving you know pushing the boundaries um every year and seeing what we seeing what i can do at 48 you know 49 50. Well, we're all enjoying watching it from the sidelines. You know, I've had Chris McCormack even when he was on on earlier last year and I think he was like, yeah, I just, it's impressive how Cam just keeps his passion alive, you know, because it is a brutal, it's a brutal sport at times. And like you said, the, the hard times when you get injured and, 
and the body maintenance work starts to become almost more important than the actual training just to try and keep the body going um especially when you're trying to rev it as hard as you are yeah uh, it, it does get tiring i mean right now are you in a pair of Normatec compression boots after that run or, or oh, how are you recovering um, yeah I, I, i'm just in a quiet room at the moment to, to yeah but uh yeah every day i'm in the Normatec boots um you know i'm, I'm having i always remember you know, you know you and and i think you used to get a massage nearly every day and um throughout you know your, your later stages of your career yeah i mean i'm i'm at a physio and in a, in a masseuse every you know twice a week three times a week just to just to maintain mm-hmm. things and we, we, you know we do have a lot more apparatuses that we can use with, you know, the Normatex and all, all the high-priced products that I use. So, yeah, it is you know, a lot better with, with uh, so many more things that you can um, use to, you know, recover and, and uh, get ready for the next day. And that's so important as, as we age. So you've got you've got this race coming up next week, um, Taranga Half, I think it is. Yep, then then you've, what, you've got five weeks to... What number New Zealand Ironman would this be for you coming up? Uh, I think it first one was uh, 1997, missed a year in uh, 98, came back in 99. I've done every every one since 1999 when the, the race shifted to Taupo. So I think it might be 23, be 23 years maybe. 23 so, or 24, yeah. yeah that's yeah. amazing, mate. And a couple of those years, like I said in the intro, were cut short due to weather. Yes. But otherwise, otherwise, your strings of performances have just been. I mean, it, you, you must have to almost pinch yourself when you look at that resume that I just read out. I mean, I guess, I guess on that, let, let's wind the clock back because I was going to ask you, you know, when you when you were kind of a fifteen year old kid starting out in this sport, and if I told you you were going to be twelve, potentially more New Zealand Ironman champs had they not been shortened four times in the world championship medalist at Kona Ironman and all the wins that you've had everywhere else. I mean, it just, it, it, you must, you must have to pinch yourself every now and then and go, wow, I'm that guy that actually now everybody else looks up to and goes, wow, look at this legend. Look at what he's done. Do you have to every now and then go, wow, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I was always the guy that would just, you know, happily sit in the back of the room and, um, I just, you know, used to get on with it, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in it, in it, in it to to um, get those sort of rewards. I just want to, you know, do well, do what I the best I can do, and, and um, I think that's still what I'm trying to do at the moment. Is mm. you know, hey, those accolades come if you if you do achieve them, and, um, and then those rewards. But uh, I'm just having fun, enjoying myself, and um, I, I, I keep trying to have fun in the sport, and I think that's the that thing that motivates me and makes me passionate about the sport and I think um, you know I, I, I know a lot of history about the sport and I'm very proud of that I, I love you know looking back at the old you know times in the, the 80s and 90s and you know the, the Greg Welshes and the Brad Bevins that we used to race in and and uh, you know in Australia and New Zealand and um, Richard Wells and Aaron Baker and you know the big four of Mike Pig and Scott Tinley, Mark Allen and Dave Scott and all those sort of guys, you know, it's, uh, I love looking back in history and I love looking into the future as well, you know, with the Brownleys and all the new guys coming through. And, uh, um, I've always been like that, you know, so, um, I just, yeah, just love the sport and, you know, I'll continue to always love it. So I think that's why I've, um, haven't shied away from retiring yet because, uh, you know, that passion is still, the fire is still burning very, very brightly. 
That's awesome. That's what I always say. Passion. When passion goes, everything goes. But yes, uh, yes. if you can keep that passion alive, it's you'll do the little things well. You know, the recovery and everything else. So let's let's wind that clock back because I've enjoyed your Instagram, you know, and social media for quite a few years because you often put up some really great flashback photos, you know, of of the eighties and. And I believe you and I started the sport, I think, at the exact same time. You know, I think I was late 86, early 87. I think yep. you were about the same. Yeah, yeah. But let's wind the clock back even further than that. When, when did you kind of first, you know, find your passion for endurance sports? Uh, and what was your sporting background before getting into triathlon? Yes, I, like, probably like every Kiwi, I, you know, delved into rugby. You know, that's our national sport here in New Zealand and did a little, played a little bit of soccer, <clears throat> badminton, tennis, um, Tried, tried everything from individual to team sports, and and then um, I went to a new school uh, or college, Packerang College, and that um, there was a teacher there, Patsy Lambert, who had a who was just starting up the triathlon club, and you know that was uh, 1987, and you know that was sort of coming off um, when Rick Wells won the world championships in Erin Baker in Perth, so the sport was just sort of starting to thrive, and every every um, Triathlon was sponsored by a beer company, whether it be Dominion Breweries or Stain Lager, which are two famous New Zealand beer right. companies. And yeah, so you know, every race had prize money. You know, there was four, five, six hundred athletes that um, were racing every single weekend. There was a triathlon every single weekend. Nowadays, you know, we have four four triathlons in Auckland. When probably you know twenty years ago there was twenty or thirty. So um, back wow. then the, the sport was just thriving and. Uh, so I, I got into it at secondary school level, and um, you know we were very, very lucky that secondary school level was very, very strong, and we had some great um, athletes who you know, you know Paul Amy and Jamie Hunt, um, who mm. both went on to win you know world championships and and that um, and duathlon that so uh, and place in the podium in, in world championship triathlon. So um, you know we were part those two other guys we were called the Brat Pack. We got into a little bit of trouble and had a few good nights after triathlons and that but um we um you know we i did all the junior world championships starting in orlando florida that was my first in 1990 and then on to um gold coast when the, the famous sprint finish with miles stewart and rick wells and mike mm. pig when they had that three-way mm. battle and um and then muskoka in 92 and, and then went on to into uh, the senior level and um and then you know the sport delved into drafting and probably that's when I started to um you know I was sort of always sort of a stronger cyclist and weaker runner and um and then I sort of started to get a little bit uh you know the sport wasn't sort of helping me um you know when it was a just a complete triathlon package you know non-drafting and that I, I did quite well on it but when it changed to drafting I just never ran fast enough like you know like you guys and I always remember um doing the um St. George Tour and the uh, Xerox Tour, which um, we went around Australia, and it was a time trial format that we'd do swim, bike, run, and every time. And yeah, I used to get my ass smashed to me in the in the running department. You know, I, I'd actually put up a I don't know if you saw that one with um, I think we were in Wollongong and we did a 10k, <laughs> and uh, you know, Team Australia with Miles Stewart, Greg Bennett, and um, Greg Welsh were yeah, you know, I was finishing sort of losing three minutes on the run to you guys so um uh yeah so I, then i started to think well i'll, I'll give uh, i always had a passion for ironman i'd watch the first one when i was in um, st Helier's, auckland new zealand back in uh, 1987 i think when scott tinley might have won it and um and yeah just had this 
passion for long distance. I think that, um, and then I uh, just watched it year after year after year and just loved it, just absolutely loved it. And we'd always have Japanese bullets and staying with us and we'd, you know, take them around over the course. And and then, uh, yeah, did my first one in 1997. Uh, and yeah, it was a, a very much a, a, a tough day and one I'll, you know, I'm glad I finished, but um, I don't think I, think I might have finished in about nine hours forty. Got my ass kicked, and and um, went went and decided to get um, coached by Scott Molina, who had won the world championships in 1998 in Hawaii, and and uh, he instantly just doubled my mileage, and, and we started to see improvements, and sort of success started to happen after that. Really, it, it, it's amazing um, how how you took command of you. I think we've seen over many generations and and you mentioned a time period there where, where the, the triathlon became draft legal for the Olympics and the world series or became draft legal. And all of us guys were used to non-drafting and, you know, we're trying to hone in the three sports. And then all of a sudden it was almost like we had to become these, we didn't know how to race a triathlon. Then it became a new sport almost where we were like, hang on, how do we do a 40 K draft legal? race and we all kind of sat in many times and then it just came down to a pure run race or whatever it was and it was very hard to figure out how to go forward we almost had to change our body shapes to become runners and and it took me many many years to sort of figure that out um but what i was always impressed with with you was you made the call you made the call early enough in your career so that you could truly focus on your strengths and i think that's you know, it's one thing to keep working on your weaknesses and everybody always wants to talk about weakness. I'm always a big advocate about what are your strengths and, and let's really go after your strengths and then do the best with your weaknesses. And, and I, I think you've somebody that really did that. Was was there a sort of a, a moment in your career where you kind of recognized that you had a definite strength for Ironman in, especially, but I guess triathlon as a whole? Was, there, was it over time or was there one race where you're like, this could be my career? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the first one was a, just a total balls up, and um, you know, that was it was a. I think that year the race, uh, I think Lothar Leader, yeah, ninety seven, he won it, and um, I just yeah, I swam with the guys out of the water, and, and then uh, got on the bike and had uh, instant back problems, and, and um, yeah, by forty k k's, I was on the side of the road trying to put my back back in place. I'd worn a brand new wetsuit that. Back then, you know, wetsuits were um, not what they were made out of now, and, and they were pretty stiff. And um, and yeah, it was just a, a, a big. I don't know. I think I just learnt a lot from that day, and um, you know, I think I still ran a, a three oh four, three oh five marathon, so it wasn't too too bad. I thought, oh okay, missed it the next year, and then came back in ninety nine and, and Talpo and um, had a great race and finished second, 13 seconds behind Tim DeBoon, you know, who went on to win the world championships twice. And so I think that race just highlighted, hey, I, I do have some, definitely definitely have, have this endurance in me. And, you know, and, and, and that was cool because, you know, I think that, that marathon I ran a, a 245 or something and um, the second ever marathon. And, and I, um, I just instantly, you know, I, running was never my strength. You know, I'd, I'd get off the bike and you guys would run 31 minutes and I'd run, you know, 33 minutes. And uh, so it was fantastic to now have my weakest discipline, my strength, and, and uh, come off the bike and knowing that, hey, you could run into the, the podium if, if you had a great run. So 
it was, it was, you know, yeah, I just never had this, that total speed that um, everyone else did in the run. I, I could just go all day. Isn't it amazing how you were able to turn that, turn that what you thought was a weakness, when you find the right distance, it becomes a real weapon because your efficiency of movement is almost second to none. I think, you know, you've got Craig Alexander, yourself, that move very economically along the ground. And, and there's no wasted energy when I watch you guys move. Um, it's just beautiful to watch. What, you, you said you found Scott Molina as a coach then. And was that when you decided, okay, I'm going to really go all in with this Ironman business? Or was it after that race against Tim DeBoom in 99 that you said, right, now's the time to really pull the trigger on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I went to Kona that year and again, it was a massive wake-up call and I got my ass kicked again because I think it was after after Kona that I went and, and um, started getting trained by Melina um, and uh, we instantly, you know, I was doing 400Ks on the bike and we instantly went to seven, 800Ks. So I was, you know, swimming 20, 25Ks. I was riding, I remember one of my biggest weeks was eight, 850Ks and then um, 120Ks, 130Ks of running. So wow. sometimes it almost killed me, but um, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, and my, my running form was still, you know, not, not, the, not the best. It's just improved, improved, improved over those years. And I look back and when I was a junior running and my form was just terrible. And so we did, I did a lot of drills early on in my career with you know, um, early coach Jack Ralston and he was a running coach, uh, you know, trained by Arthur Lydia, the great New Zealand coach. Mm, mm. And um, so, you know, and, and started to slowly, you know, get better and better running. But um, that, that form just never came until later in my career when I was probably, um, when I started Ironmans and, and, you know, upping the distances. And, you know, that, I think that those long runs just started to improve and my core started to get better and better. I was probably always too weak in my core and, that you know improved and, and I got stronger and stronger and, and um, you know probably my running form now is no different to what it was sort of you know ten years ago and even better like uh, some of the uh, you know I've had some of the best runs off the bike lately um, yeah I, I don't know what you know the GPS monitors now that we have now you know are, are fantastic so I don't know what I was doing you know thirty years ago we you know we, we had no inclination of how fast we were actually running unless you went around a running track you know with a stopwatch but you know um five weeks ago you know i ran 33 minutes 50 seconds off a, off a five-hour bike ride you know and and, and you know, yeah that was just a, a, a tempo run off the bike so you know and I, I wouldn't have been able to do that even as a junior so um it's yeah the form is just still still there but as as i said it i worked bloody hard to to get it right and um keep improving it mm, it's it's funny you mentioned a few names there with jack ralston being your coach and arthur lydiard who when i started coaching myself in 2005 it was all of his work that i went and read and reread and reread and and, and implemented all that kind of arthur lydiard type training into my into my uh training because i do think he's probably the greatest running coach of all time um you know peter snell obviously you know for, was it 72 or 76 when he won the 800 at the olympics uh i think it might have been 68 i think it was, oh, yeah. was it 68 there you go yeah i'm <laughs> pretty <funny>. sure <laughs> I bet it right. works. <laughs> yeah yeah we, somebody go out there and google it and you can let me know <laughs> now look you you've you've raced some of the greatest over you know 80s 90s noughties teens now in the 20 i mean if I was to say, tell me who you think have been some of the greatest in this whole 
30 years, 35 years of racing that you've come across that you step back and go, wow, that guy's amazing? 1960, um, sorry, Rome. He won gold medal <laughs> in 64. In 64. Was that 60 and 64? My yep, goodness. Oh, yep. that's right. He went and coached the Finns in uh, La Civera and, yep. and that in the 70s. That's right, yeah, of course. Yeah, 60 and 64. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so what was the question? Sorry, uh, who was the. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I was just curious. I mean, this is more of a topic for both of us we can probably discuss. Who you think have been some of the greatest that you've competed against um, over this last 35 years? Oh, I always yeah. feel like the guy that's been on the start line next to the best, not the reporters, not age groupers, not anybody, the actual guy that's been beaten up by competitors has a very good understanding of how good somebody was and so i'm curious as to who you think are some of the greatest that you've competed against that can be short course when you were doing that in the 90s through to obviously iron man and things in the last 20 years but uh yeah. who do you think well i i think i, I always rate uh, Brad bevan as one of the best australians you know that um mm-hmm. he had some um some bad luck and not to not to qualify for you know the olympic games and everything but he was just you know and we both competed against him in the mm. the late 80s and 90s and um and he was just an incredible athlete i always remember doing the world cup in sydney and getting off the bike um it was you know massive peloton of us i think 30 or 40 and um and he just absolutely ran away from everyone in the first 3k and and i, I actually just wanted to stop and watch him because he just looked so fantastic on that run um, I think Miles Stewart might have been second, you know, well, a, a minute behind, and I don't know. I think you might have been well up there as well. But um, I was running with Paul Amy, and we just wanted to stop because the guy just looked absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, you can't mistake Mark Allen for what he did in the sport. You know, winning the first World Championships, ITU, ITU official World Championships in Avignon and um, 80, 89 and that. Um, but uh, yeah, and from the six victories in Kona. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, I got to race him a couple of times um, in Umea, which you always used to go to as well. A great, great race in, in the South Pacific and New Caledonia. But um, Greg Welsh, um, you know, Chris McCormick, um, you know, all fantastic guys that all went on to win Kona and, uh, and a world championship in short course as well. So, you know, to do both is pretty sensational. Not many people can do that you know it's uh, quite quite remarkable and, and i think you know, as we pointed before on if you do it early enough in your career go from you know short course and then make the, the shift to to a long course i think a lot of guys in the short course you know they might make that shift a little bit too late and um just don't ever develop um as an ironman athlete you can't leave it you know so late um so yeah um who else mike pig was one of my you know all-time favorites is as a junior as well, we used to love how his work ethic and how he used to just kind of, yeah, yeah, try and <laughs> yeah. smash everyone on the bike and, and stay away. And, yeah, so, he, I mean, he changed the sport, I think, again, lifted everyone. And I look at those guys that, yeah, they sort of changed the way the sport has developed. And I think the, the Brownlee brothers, Alistair and Johnny, have done that now with, you know, as we said, you know, triathlon actually got into a boring state where, you know, it was a 40K ride around a, a park and everyone seemed to just sit in and, and do nothing and, they changed the game and, and made everyone ride hard and, and get off the bike and and uh, they really challenged everyone to, to you know, again shift the shift the pattern and, and it turned into a bike race for a few years so um, and um, so those guys you know they do they change the sport and um, make everyone you know develop again and that's that's the key to the sport that, you know it keeps continually to to get faster and faster. 
Mm, it really does. And on that, I guess, you know, when I look at your results, um, Ironman New Zealand, when you've gone 807 in the last couple of years, two of your fastest times ever. If I, if I asked you Cam Brown 2020 or even 2019, when it was a bit more of a consistent year, to Cam Brown 2000, you know, so we're basically winding the clock back 20 years, who's the better athlete? I think they're very much the same athletes, but it's the advancements and technology in the sport. You know, mm. there's there's no reason why I should you know, I shouldn't be going quicker at 48, you know, or 40, you know, when I won the race in mm. 2016, you know, and went 807. No way did I think I could have even done that when I was, you know, in my prime when I was winning it. You know, in, in 2004, 5, 6, when I was in my, you know, 30, I shouldn't be going quicker. So the advancements in the sport, it's it's really the biking. It's, you know, there's no being, no real advancements in the swimming and, and running except, the, you know, the new carbon um, shoes that we're running at the moment. But uh, biking has just come on, just got quicker and quicker. And, um, you know, everything on that bike is carbon fibre, you know, the, the uh, technology and the mm. um, power metres that we knew we use but aerodynamics is just a massive part of it and i look at the old pictures um of (laughs) the the state of what we rode and how how wide we were out the front and and now to how aerodynamic we are out the front is just uh, a massive difference and uh, i think the the year i got second in taupo you know i think i rode a 455 you know now we're riding you know 427 426 you know so so much quicker and, and on there and you know running the same um pretty much the same so um mm. the um little, little bit quicker with the, the new shoes so they're a, they're a big help but they're also yeah what do you think of those uh, the, the i mean i'm curious i had cam worth on about a year ago and he was saying oh there's no different i can just do my long runs and i recover quicker so i can do more long runs so i'm like well that's i guess helping in some <laughs> respect but i mean do you think they're adding a little bit of a speed element? Like oh, you definitely. feel like spring yeah. you doing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely faster. Um, yeah, they're. Um, but again, they're a danger because you know when you get to my age or you're running on you know a carbon insole, the stiffness that then gets produced mm-hmm. and put into your calf. Um, you know, I, I probably you get to about thirty k's and then things start really, really, really you know tightening up and it is quite amazing how you know it's it's. Very. I mean, I always remember Stephen Foster sent me a pair of carbon insoles. They were they were very very thick, um, and I tried them running, and you know, almost blew my calf up. But yeah, these these um, new carbon plates that we see in the, the shoes nowadays are you know, a lot lot thinner. But uh, the um, they they do make you run faster. But again, the risk is that hey, you, you, know, you can tighten up, and you can um, put a lot more stress on your your calves as well. It's mm. just um, yeah, one of those things. But yeah, def- definitely uh, a lot quicker. I'd say you know probably two two minutes over a marathon. I, I think you know you can. I think Strava have done a lot of uh, sort of uh, studies on it where you know people have you know four percent really have improved in their um, running times for a marathon. So <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. I mean, when you when you look. What else is there, that, you know, okay, say you want to race professional, definitely when you turn 50 and maybe a year or two, after, I don't know what you want to do. But, I mean, is there events that you haven't done that you'd like to add in this next few years before 
maybe turning age group or whatever, yeah. whatever the plan is for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I, I planned on Penticton, Canada, which was, you know, Ironman Canada, right. which has you know, a lot of history and it's one of the original sort of five Ironmans that first started, you know, uh, back in the day. So that was a that was a, a one I really wanted. And it was, you know, it, it was going to be the first time it was going back after quite a few years of being at Whistler. So I really was looking forward to going back. I'd love to go back to Roth. You know, it's one of the, the great races, um, you know, one of the great long-distance events in the world. And, um, and yeah, there, there are, you know, there's a few short-course races and, I think we do we do the sport to travel and, and see new places, meet new people, and um, that's you know I definitely can you know I definitely want to keep doing that as long as I can. And um, oh yeah, it, it, once I you know turn age group at some point, I'll, I'll be um, I won't I won't uh, I'll uh, I'll piss off a few. Age groupers out there that uh, I'll be I know. What, what's the rule, everybody? Yeah. I kind of I figured I did about five years of of pretty much no well no swimming and, and well I haven't biked in about two years uh, any biking and, and very very little running. In fact, I was laughing with Chris McCormack a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I entered a five k run that was on the day before Christmas and did it with about six runs for all of twenty twenty. And, and ran at eighteen thirty, and I don't think I've ever hurt more. It was the most brutal thing I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, and and we were laughing about it because that was our long run pace, you know, that you yeah, did for, yeah. for forever. And now it felt like flat out, and it was killing. But I am kind of thinking, okay, at fifty, I, I wouldn't mind doing doing something. I don't know what it is yet. I think Iron Man might be too much time away from the family, you know, in terms of training. But yes. I need to find an event. Um, I had somebody actually reach out to me, and you know, forgive me if they're listening, but they said I should do that. The Nordic. Uh, oh, yeah. Nordic yep. Str- oh, Nordic yeah. Str- yep. Is and, that on your radar, that one? Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, something <laughs> like that. You know, it's very much those extreme sort of type races like that. And I think, I think we're seeing a, a huge um, shift to ultra running. You know, it's, it's the new mm. sort of Ironman, really. You know, people have um, done Ironman, and hey, that's easy now. Let's. Go and run a fifty, you know, fifty k, hundred k, hundred miler, um, sort of those. I, I don't think I'd run a hundred mile, but uh, I'd, something like a fifty k, you know, ultra race um, yeah, would be, be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I, I do love is I, I love running trails, and you know, we have some incredible running trails around New Zealand, and some great uh, walks, and you know, that you can run as well. So definitely, um, you know, if we're locked into New Zealand for another. You know, in 2021, then I'll be trying to get around a few of those great walks and great runs, and mm. trying to trying to do a few of those trails because, um, you know, that's one benefit that um, we can go and do while we're in, in lockdown in, in our little country down here. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like you got to be present with what you have these days, what's around you, and embrace it as much as you can. And, yes. Uh, yep. I mean, New Zealand's not a bad place to be on lockdown. That's for sure. It's a phenomenal place to live and be and train and all of that. So. Let's move, let's move on a little bit because uh, I want to talk about you know you can't be doing any of this on your own, especially at the level you're at and and, and your relationships. But start start off with with your parents uh, and and what did your mum and dad do for work and and were they support what kind of support did you get in that in the eighties and early nineties? Uh, yeah, I mean I, I couldn't have done it without my, my parents, you know, support and help, and you know it's it's uh, not a not a cheap sport. Try from you know the the bikes, the shoes, the you know, 
it's just endless amount of um, mm-hmm. you know the, the, the cash that's just keeps getting taken out of the wallet with the triathlon. So without their support, I'd be um, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So that was you know my dad was just a, a builder and mum was um, just a you know well, throughout housewife and receptionist and that. So but I saw my dad's work ethic and I think that you know pa- was passed on to me and. I could see that you know if you worked hard, you you, you got the rewards, and and uh, I was like that. I, I put in the, the hard yards, and the rewards came. So um, you know, I think that's a benefit if you do you know have someone that um, you look up to and who um, teaches that you, those those um, common things early on in your your career, then you'll you'll follow through and and pursue them. Did you did you have siblings? Yes, yep, yeah, yeah, just one brother, and he, he got into you know. Ironman racing as well. Did a couple of um, Taupos and uh, a few half Ironmans. So, um, and yeah, he, he supports me. You know, he's fantastic. He comes to most races and watches. So, uh, it's um, yeah, definitely awesome to have that support. Was, are you younger or older? Uh, he's two years older. Yeah, yeah, away oh, eighteen yeah, months. You're the same yeah. as me with my brother then. A quick mini break, I really want to encourage you to do something special for yourself and sign up to Athletic Greens and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Hyperize now have a great holiday sale, $50 off Hypervolt and Hypervolt Plus, $400 off all normal tech packages, 20% off all other Hyperize tech, and the brand new Hypervolt Go is now available for $199. It's smaller and it's more portable. Hyperize.com, that's Hyperize.com, H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E.com. I felt like having a, a slightly older brother meant that through my sort of as a kid and through your teens you always had somebody you were chasing so you were always used to having to go beyond where you'd been before trying to just keep up whether that be rugby soccer or run around the block or riding bikes or whatever it is so it's interesting to me the reason i ask that is because i am curious with a a lot of you know so the the best athletes in the world is well how did they get there and and i i do think there's something in that you know how we grew up and our siblings and, and how we pushed ourselves to to be like them. Now, your wife and, and kids, how long have you been married now? Uh, 1999 we got married, so uh, Christmas Eve 1999. So, yeah, 20, 21 years. My goodness. And, uh, yeah, I've got, we've got early, two, huh? two, two kids. So uh, Braden, who's um, 19, he's going to be 20 in September, and Josh, who's 17, and he'll be uh, 18 in, in June. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they love Love the sport as well, and they're um, oh, do they? they're gym yeah. freaks now. They go to the gym every single day and and um, pump weights and uh, twice <laughs> twice as big as me. So uh, yeah, <laughs> they can pick up dad and throw him around now. Yeah, so they're not into the. Are they doing the the Ironman and the endurance stuff? Uh, okay. or they? I think one day they'd uh, they've, they've talked about you know doing it. They they did you know, the yeah. Olympics, Kiwi Kids triathlons when they were young. They did BMX yeah. racing for for ten years. So you know they've they've always been involved in sport and um, always love love you know all kinds of sports. So but uh, they just do you know I've never pushed them to. They just do what they want to do, and I think that's. Um, you know, I'm not into pushing the kids into my sport. They can do what they want to do and what they want to achieve. That's up to them. 
No, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the ideal is to just have your kids love sport for sport. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be a profession. If you, no. you have it as a profession, great, but if not, it doesn't matter. And yeah. what about, I mean, you mentioned just some coaches. Are you, are you coached at the moment? Or are you working yes, with, yeah, or have, yeah. so, who have um, you worked with in your career, different coaches then? Uh, so, yeah, early on, Jack Rolston was, was one of my first. Um, a guy called Bill Gorsman just for a few years before him. Um, then, then I moved to um, Brendan Cameron, who was um, he was um, husband of uh, Sarah Olmer, who was Olympic champion on, on the um, on the track in two thousand and four. I think she won Athens gold in the three thousand pursuit. Um, and then moved to um, Scott Molina after that. And oh, sorry, Scott Molina was before Brendan. And then um, I was self coach probably for probably for about ten years. I was just going through that stages where mm. um, I just needed to learn, you know, how to develop and, and what to try and, you know, I was I think I was going through that late in my uh, career, so I was learning how to, you know, as I aged, how to how to train because I just wasn't recovering as much as I wanted to, and um, and now over the last sort of uh, eighteen months, I've been coached by um, Gordon Walker who. Who was a long-time friend and did many, many sessions on the Gold Coast and Noosa with me training for for Ironman. He won the Coast to Coast, an iconic New Zealand event, um, a multi-sport event. Um, so yeah, he's taken me on and um, he's coach of Sarah, um, Lisa Carrington, the um, she's a two-time world champion, Olympic Games champion, and kayaking. So he's uh, looking after me at the moment and, and doing a great job. So. Um, yeah, and had had to swim coach Mark Bone, who's looked after me for twenty years. It's swimming is one of those things that you know you're, you're always learning, always learning you know, what you're doing wrong in the pool because we all think we're Michael Phelps, but we're always doing. Something <laughs> no, <wrong>. we don't. <laughs> yeah. Far from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think we look like him, but we're uh, doing yeah. the complete opposite. So uh, it's always great to have someone you know telling yeah. you right, you know, correct that arm stroke and into the water this way, and yeah, so. Uh, that reaches a little bit, you know, not not good enough. So yeah, it's uh, I've had a long term relationship with him, which has been fantastic. So swimming is one of those. Yeah, it's a taught sport, and yeah, it's very hard to pick up if you're in your thirties. It's you know easy when you pick it up in in your in your early you know childhood. Yeah, I I agree. But I mean, how has your training changed then? You know, when you when you look back when you were 20, 30, 40, and now almost 50. Um, you know, we talked at the top of the show about trying to figure out your tapering and, and that kind of thing. But in terms of volume, intensity, um, and I guess recovery, all of that, how's it has it changed substantially or and and what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, the, the recovery is the key issue now and uh the uh, the back to back sessions, um, which you know could have been twenty four hours when we were in our twenties, is is now seventy two hours. You know, it's I can't do as many as those hard hard sessions that I used to do, and the long days are, uh, are pretty good. You know, I can recover from them at the low intensity, but uh, definitely that um, when, you know when you push that tempo, uh, I don't do a, you know a heck of a lot of real fast. Uh, intense stuff it's more solid tempo work um, um but yeah just that uh, the spacing is is crucial you know as we as we age and definitely for that uh, taper coming into a race that's gets even more crucial but um and yeah as we said you know all those little things the massage the physio um you know all the yeah, normal tech boots they all sort of help to aid us and as we age but um i think um 
as uh, as I've aged, yep, it's it's still learning and and still progressing of how how I can do it better in that. And and um, I think I've got you know thirty years of diaries that I can look back and hopefully you know I'm I'm coach, coaching a few athletes and that's what I'll get you know do more in the future and hopefully I can share that knowledge um, with athletes uh, you know in the next few years. Are you using more data now? I mean, you know, when we were growing up, there was a little bit of heart rate stuff you could work on, but I had, um, you know, Dr. Dan Plews on who I'm yes. sure you, you know, well, and, uh, and we were talking about, you know, heart rate variability and these kinds of things that can really make us more aware of when we're recovered. Um, and it could be a useful tool. Are you, are you training more like that these days or is it still, I mean, are you still kind of have that old school mentality yeah. <laughs> that it's hard to get rid of? What's that like for you? Yeah, I, I still have that, uh, definitely feel, you know, I, I love to go mm. and feel and, you know, hey, if a session's planned and it's, um, you know, I'll, I'll go out and, and try and do it. But um, classic was on Wednesday, you know, I had um, a four-hour ride with four by 20 minutes at um, 290 watts. You know, I did two of them and, um, yeah, underachieved in both and, and pulled the pin. You know, it's whereas probably if I was in my 30s, I would have tried to, you know, keep going and, and, and you know, push the pace on. And um, But nowadays, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I just need to be a little bit smarter and say, no, it's not happening today. You know, we'll um, recover, just m- make it an easy ride and and then uh, we'll come back and fight another day. And I think that's what you have to do as you, you age. You know, you, I'll, I'll try and do everything I can, but if um, if the uh, if it's not going well and yeah, there's no way I can push push those um those those paces, then I just ease back and, and go into uh, just a recovery session. And that's uh, well, I think you yeah. get that confidence over time, don't you? You have that you maturity and that yeah. confidence in yourself. And I guess on that, when we when we look talking about confidence, and brings me sort of to your mental approach um, to what you're doing. I mean, you've kept your passion alive, which is just like we said, is everything. But are you somebody that visualizes easily, or is it something that do you work on that, or is that do you get creative in your mind when you're out on a four to five hour bike ride? Do you often feel like you're in a race, or are you fairly just neutral? What's it like being in Cam Brown's mind? <laughs> you know, yeah, is, yeah. I mean, is I, it active? Oh, you definitely. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on. It takes me an hour to get to sleep every night because I dream about you know winning another bloody New Zealand Ironman. So, um, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I do a lot of dreaming and and uh, yeah, thinking about past performances and and uh, that helps me when I'm out on the bike. You know, might be thinking about a past race or um, yeah, just thinking about um, how I need to feel at uh, some point. And, it does, you know. You, you do think about um, past performances that you've done well in, and, and they do lift you. And uh, I think that's it's all about tricking the mind. And you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it a lot where you know I might have um, a session planned, and I'll just you know trick the mind, saying, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to either build into this, or I'm going to um, you know start easy and then uh, progress into a harder pace." And and then, you know, naturally, you just get into it and. and uh, um, you know, the first and last intervals take care of themselves, and it's the one and ones in between that you have to worry about. So you, yeah, you, you, you're just constantly. You, know, you might say you, you might have 10, 10 by four hundred on the track, and you'll say, "Hey, I'm going to do six of them," and you get to six, and oh, I might do another two, and you do another two, and then. So it's always about sort of trying to, you know, when you are, especially when you, you know, you're out training by yourself. I've, I've had, been lucky to have a lot of training partners throughout my career, and burn through a few of them and, and you know a lot of them are retired and all that and um, but you, you you definitely need your training partners and you definitely need to to change things up trick your mind 
play, you know, nearly every ride and run I go on. And it's I've got um, Spotify on and listening to my '80s music and. Um, you know, because six hours on the bike without uh, any music for me is, um, yeah, I can't go out there and do that. I, I have to enjoy it and you know, have that little bit of motivation to to uh, push me on and, and, and yeah, make, make, make the session a little bit more enjoyable and easier. You're much the same with me. Every, all the music I've got is still 80s. In fact, my, my daughter, who's three, she'll jump in the car and say, I'll say, what music do you want? Is that 80s? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. The same stuff. No, Absolutely. Stuff like yeah, yeah. The, the, there's nothing better. I think yeah. that's, that's fantastic. Music. And when, when you're visualizing, are you actually, do you have people like other athletes in your mind? Are there certain athletes that you like to put in your mind that kind of draw the most out of you? Uh, oh, yeah, you definitely, you know, you use your rivals to, to try and motivate you and push you. And I think that's, you know, <laughs> it, it's just all part of the, the, the parcel. You know, you have to have um, these guys that, um, you know, guys like Chris McCormick that would, you know, really, you know, push you. And, and uh, any any anyone, you know, from the 80s and 90s would know, you know, Chris knew how to press different athletes and, um, you know, always remember uh, I think it was, it was Germany and, and uh, Frankfurt. I think um, Faris Al Sultan, you know, just got so worked up from what Chris had said before the race and saying he was going to go under eight hours, and he, he, you know, and he did that day. And but Faris just couldn't handle it, and um, you know, Mac had just got under his skin and uh, was able to just totally, I think, blow him up mentally. So um, you know, Chris was very, very good at that. Um, you know, and that that. Uh, that's a unique um, thing that he could do, and and um, yeah, I think he probably did it to Norman Stadler a few times as well. So, um, um, yeah. I, whereas, no, I, I I never said anything to anyone. I just got on with the game, and you might say a couple of words out on the bike course, and, and that's about it. But always showed a poker face, and and uh, said nothing and did nothing. But just uh, let the racing, yeah, show its true true form and true path. Mm. Was it was there a race? I mean, you, you've kind of touched on some great memories there, mentioning some great names. Was there a race that stood out to you that you didn't win that you think was phenomenal? And the reason I bring that up is because I did two Ironmans in my life. One of them was Melbourne 2012, where I had to validate to go to Kona. And I think that was one of the most extraordinary races of your life where you got second just to Craig Alexander. And I just what I loved about that race was the battle the absolute, the sheer battle between the two of you. I mean, there was four of you, really. I mean, five of you. Um, but it really came down to the two of you. But is there a race? I mean, I've brought that one up. Is there a race that you look back on and go, that was a really fantastic race, but I didn't win? Yeah, oh, definitely. That was probably one of the, the, the best uh, races. You know, March, you know, everyone always said that um, if you had uh, Kona and March, Cameron Brown might have won it. So uh, I was always, you know, mm-hmm. I was always uh, in great form in March because of I'm in New Zealand and, it was uh, one of the years where you know Ironman New Zealand had been um, turned into a half Ironman. Um, I think I got third at New Zealand, uh, yeah, the half Ironman that year because of just a severe storm. Luckily, we got to to race. Um, you know, it happened again in 2006 when a severe storm came through. But so three weeks later, I lined up in, in um, Melbourne for the Asia Pacific Championships, and yeah, had a fantastic race. We I think we there was uh, Nico Lanos, um, Pretty Van Leer, you know, won World Championship mm-hmm. in Hawaii and, and Crowe, and um, there was a few, yeah, about five or six of us that started that run together, and we went through the f- first ten k in I think thirty six minutes, and I think 
21k in an hour 17 and it was just you know phenomenal pace and just burnt off the others and then it from I think 17 a.m. K it came down to me and Crowey and we you know I'd I'd surge and take a little bit of a five meter lead and then he'd come back and take a, a lead and then I think about the 38 39 K he he ended up surging ahead and um, I was happy with you know I'd second in the bag and um, Freddie was you know two minutes behind and and I didn't realise that um, we were so you know I was so close to going under eight hours Crowey went under and uh, I'd missed by 12 seconds and that's right no that's no no seconds. bloody Aussie told me that I was so close otherwise I know I could have I know I could have uh, done it that day and and there was a, a thing you know that I haven't achieved yet to go under eight hours and Oh, ouch. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sorry for bringing, I'm sorry for bringing that up. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a great race, but yeah, it, it just pisses me off that I didn't uh, <laughs> didn't bloody go, you know, super hard, you know, because I think my, my last K was 4.20 or something. I was just, oh, yeah, yeah oh. no worries. You know, Crowley's won it. I'm second. So, yeah, yeah. never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, mate. I, well, look, we've celebrated so many <laughs> yeah. throughout this podcast. I yeah. just want to make sure I slap you down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. no it's, I mean, I remember it well because I was an hour behind. I think I was like nine hours or something. I was like, oh, my God, this is a, this is brutal, this Ironman business. Yeah. But I, I, I did go watch the race afterwards and, and, and seen some of the highlights since. Um, just absolutely incredible. You know, you mentioned you're getting uh, a lot of body work, a, a lot of sort of um, – physio work and that kind of things chiropractic work these days what about your your sleep um and that kind of thing on top of the recovery are you doing anything unique or different with your sleep no no i mean yeah, i just try and get as much as i can it's um you know sometimes you know as you know it's very, very hard when you've got kids and that but um you might, you might get the odd nap um but yeah normally it's you know i try and be in bed by 9 nine thirty, and um because yeah most mornings you know i'm, I'm up at 20, 20 past five to, to start swimming at 6 a.m. So it's you, you can't be going to bed at you know 10, 11 o'clock at night because you just don't get that um, you know, that downtime and, and that rest and recovery that you need. So sleep is a massive you know, massive part of it, and, and just um, lying flat you know on your back is, is so important just to to rest and rest that head. And um, I think mm. I've, I've done that throughout my career, and it's you know really really helped with um, I think. You know my longevity in the sport just to to keep that momentum going and i'll continue to do it you know i, I know i need that sleep and it's uh, super super important for us you you mentioned kids there i mean your your boys are now what'd you say 17 and 19 yeah, 19 yeah but i look back and i go hang on some of your absolutely phenomenal wins and podiums in hawaii you basically had two infants toddlers at home your wife jennifer must be quite something. <laughs> just, oh no, she she's been uh, absolutely fantastic. And I mean, yeah. during those years when they were so young, and you 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 were able to still perform. I, and I really bring it up now because, I, like I said, I have a one and a three year old, and I just I'm exhausted. Yeah. I couldn't imagine training for an Ironman, and little less training and being successful. Um, really great teamwork on her part. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it is, and it's all about teamwork when when you've got two young kids and that. So. Um, yeah, we'd go over to the Gold Coast um, when I was building up for um, um, Hawaii Man, and you know, it was pretty crappy during a you know a New Zealand winter to try and train. So we'd we'd head over there to either to the Gold Coast early or, or Noosa and spend six to eight weeks there. And you know, it was great for them. They'd be on the beach, you know, in September, you know, 26, 28 degrees. So it was it was it was an easy um, easy trip, you know, three hours on a plane, and you were 
you're pretty much in a fantastic part of the world to train. So um, there weren't too many times where I went to a Northern Hemisphere to train for Hawaii. It was sort of always, you know, just straight on a plane and, and the, the family came with me. And, and that was, um, I think, a, you know, a real key to you know, success. And, and, yeah, again, for me, it was it made me push myself and, and made me you know, work harder knowing that, hey, if I don't succeed, then um, you know, I'm not going to put food on the table. So uh, it, it was important and, you know, we, we tried to do it as best as we could. Yeah. I'm kind of just thinking about, so you mentioned before, you know, if Hawaii was in February, March, you know, you'd have, or if world champs were in February, March, and they were originally, the, the Hawaii, Hawaii was in yeah. February and they moved it to an October date in 81 or 82. Um, what are your thoughts on, I mean, we moved the 70.3 world championships around and it changes. You know, I, obviously we all love Kona Ironman, Hawaii being the world championships, but what do you think about the world championships being the same event every single year and at the same time of year? Um, do you have any, you know, would you say it'd be great if we could, it, if it was a bit more like the 70.3 where it moved around or you know, what are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I'm probably probably a little bit old school, and you know, it's I've grown up with it always being there. You know, always being in, in October, and uh, that was the, the the time that you had to prepare for the World Championships, and every man and his dog was going to be there and, and be in great shape. So it's always been in my head that that was going to be the World Championship because it is you know the toughest race in the world and the heat. You know the humidity, the you know the wind, the elements, the the course. It was just brutal, and I think it um, you know it it uh, definitely is the hardest, toughest race uh, out there. And um, you know to win it, you have to be in the best form and best shape of your life. So um, you know, uh, yeah, in some ways, I'd hate it to hate to see it move because mm. it's such a I think an incredible part of the world, and and um, you know we love going there and. Uh, you, know, you, you you dread the place in some ways, but then you you learn to love it as well. So it's because it, t- it takes so much out of you. It's quite incredible. It's, I think it, most athletes have a love hate relationship with it, and uh, uh, because of it's you know it does. You know, I've probably spent a year of my life you know training there and racing, and because you know you'd always go three to four weeks before, and God, you've I've done that many build ups and races there. So um, probably well over a year of my life. So it's. Um, you do, you have this um, love-hate relationship with it that, um, you know, you continually miss it when for 11 months of the year and, and then uh, for probably a, a month of the year, you <laughs> despise it because it takes so much pain and uh, out of you. So, uh, and I think every athlete would say that, you know, uh, it, it is such a tough, brutal race. Is it, is it a race out? All the, how many times have you done Race to Way? Um It'd have to be, you know, there was a few years I missed it because of injury, and um, mm. but in those early years, you know, probably from 1999 to 2014, 15, I probably went every year. Um, and then there was just, yeah, I have, you know, quite a few times where the kids would get sick, I'd get sick, and bee stings the night before the race, and just injury. And so, um, bee stings the night before, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah the my race. back blew up, and you know, I, yeah, what? So, one, one, yeah, I was taking the kids down for a swim the night before the race, just into the pool, and had a bee um, yeah, go on my back, oh, and I, my back blew up to the size of a dinner plate. And yeah, next day I couldn't ride, and, and uh, yeah, so there was those little events like that oh. that uh, hampered you. But um, oh. that's that's Hawaii. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, is there is there is there a Hawaii that you did? You know, we always talk about the conditions. Was there a year that you that stands out to you that you're like, oh my god, it was so much more brutal than any yeah, of the others? Def- definitely that 2001. Um, when yeah, the, the times were phenomenally slow, and I think Tim DeBoom won it. I was second, and I finished 15 minutes behind him. You know, he just had an incredible um, day, and just. But yeah, the, the, I remember. I think I was riding with King Glar, and he he got swept from one side of the road to the other. The winds were just incredible. I think um, the late Steve Larson, he got off the bike with a, a massive lead, and um, but you know, I think everyone that did it that year just thought, well, this you know, and and the winds just never sort of really blew. They blew hard, but never blew as hard as that. That was just just a phenomenal year of um, tough conditions, and um, yeah, two thousand and one would go down as my hardest ever event there that's for sure the last few years have been extraordinary in terms of the conditions look like they've been a fair bit better especially when you look at the times um especially 2018 uh 2019 looked like the conditions were maybe getting back to what we expect from hawaii but what do you think about some of these record-breaking times that we've seen the last couple of years did you race 2018 uh, yes, I think that was my last time. And um, that's right. So you you experienced that. What was that a a year where? I mean, was that a fast year for you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I what what would I have been? Uh, was I forty forty six? And I went eight twenty six. Um, yeah, right. You right. Know, so right. Um, and yeah, I, I I had an average day for myself. You know, I, I didn't uh, perform to what you know potentially I should have. And so um, you know, when I finished second uh, there in 2005, I think I went 8.19. So, um, um, yeah, it was phenomenally fast days. And, you know, those, those um, as I said, those true hard days haven't been around for a, a, quite a period of time. But um, I think, you know, the, as I said, you know, the, the changes in aerodynamics and, and the bikes and that have just um, been huge over the last few years and just made the, made the race so much quicker and faster. And um, yeah, you can see the, the guys are swimming and running pretty much the same it's just big developments on the on the bike you, you see you see a lot of the younger pros and ironman athletes and they're all desperately trying to get to kona i mean for you now is it if i qualify i go kind of thing or do you is it still really important for you to go to kona no no i mean it's, I've, I've been there done that hey if, if i if i did have you know a great race and qualified at you know some Ironman around the world. Yep, yeah, I'd definitely go again because it's um it's so tough to, to even you know qualify now. It's um you know you're pretty much one person per Ironman event around the world. You know only only qualifies. You know you might have the odd race where it's two or three athletes mm. if it's a, if it's a championship event, but um otherwise um you know it's pretty pretty tough to to get there on the start line. So if you if you do qualify, you know you, you make sure you you, you go. You take but, it. Yep, you take it <laughs> and uh, go with the over the punches. Yep, it's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, a lot of our sponsorship is, is you know, definitely um, takes place with, with um, people athletes racing Hawaii Ironman. It's, it's an important event and um, you know, a huge part of our um, you know, athletes developing and, and getting better and, and learning. You know, because you can't just go there once and think you're going to win it. You, you need to go multiple times. And, you learn every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, you mentioned, you know, getting sick with the kids and everything. What's your general health like as you're getting, you know, 
and what are you are you supplementing more these days or you know what's is your nutrition plan different what's that look like at the moment yeah i haven't been sick once this year because of covid you know we've we've been locked down in, in new zealand so no no um no viruses have um got into the country you know it's everyone's being so hygienic and you know washing their hands and doing their small things right so it's probably a, it's <laughs> a big learning curve for everyone to hey maybe we need to be a little bit more hygienic and everyday practices and that but um yeah i mean uh, you know supplements are um, definitely you know you've got to eat healthy and you know that's the fourth discipline of our sport if you if you're not recovering and not eating well and not not um getting in your nutrition your uh, hydration then yeah you're just not going to succeed and you'll they'll form into you know bad um sleeping patterns and injury and um just breaking down in general so it's it is definitely the fourth discipline of our sport and something you have to everyone's different in what they can eat and and um you know i always enjoy some chocolate and um you know, I love I love my donuts and you know just a little bit of fun in the sport. A meat pie and a coke uh, halfway through a six-hour bike ride hasn't hurt me. So um, yeah, it's it's mixing it up. You know, it's just being healthy in general, but uh, also rewarding yourself when you need it because you know we do push our bodies and sometimes you just um, you you need something to to keep you happy and keep you motivated that you can have a little bit of uh, junk food food now and then. Well, it's funny. I think you know when I had Craig Alexander on Crowy, and and we were talking about you know when you when you're training that sort of twenty to forty hours a week or whatever it is, and and racing, it's like you've got a bonfire in your in your yeah. gut, yeah. and it almost doesn't matter. And I'm not saying it. <laughs> I'm not advocating no, no, eat no. rubbish the whole time, but it almost doesn't when your metabolism's going so so fast. It, it really, you know, you can get away with a lot more. But is there any? Um, I mean, do you at forty eight? you know, approaching 50, is there any, you know, are you taking vitamin C, vitamin D, any, any supplements like that, that you kind of follow religiously or is it just good nutrition? Uh, just, yeah, just good nutrition. And uh, I, yeah, and one of my sponsors is uh, vital every day. So it's a, um, you know, I just add it to, you know, milk or uh, juice. It's just has, I think 48 essential vitamins in it. So I, I um you know I have that every day and, and make sure you know and that just keeps me yeah I mean you, I could have fifty supplements and and you know you'd just be a pill popper the whole day and I'm, I'm not into yeah. that I'm just you know you, you you try and take one or two things that um, you see a benefit in and and um, you know it's becomes too much if if yeah if you're doing you know, I've seen people take you know fifty pills a day and it's like oh god I couldn't do that you know I just yeah, eat a balanced diet. You know, have the odd you know uh, nutritional supplement as well, and and um, yeah, I'm um, a happy camper, and you know, it's it's uh, it's good for me. Awesome, buddy. What are some of your your favourite places to train and race, and you know that you you encourage other people to maybe go experience? Yeah, um, oh, I mean, I've, yeah, I've just spent three weeks in the Coromandel of New Zealand, which is where um, my wife's parents live. It's a fantastic area, you know, surf beach, and it's got some great climbing and, and rides to do and great trails to run. But, I mean, all of New Zealand has some special parts that you can visit. But I think I have always have a passion for, um, you know, places in France where uh, many years we had a Triathlon New Zealand had a base camp in, in, uh, just out of um, Carcassonne, uh, um, about 40 k's from there. And it was, you know, we'd be riding in the Pyrenees. You could ride a, a new stunning ride every day, just absolute sensational riding. Um, yeah, Boulder has you know some fantastic areas. I think every every part of the world you know might have something unique that um, 
that you get inspired with. But um, yeah, definitely New Zealanders, you know, has some great spots. You know, Australia has some incredible countryside as well. So I get inspired by you know doing um, doing new trails and running you know fantastic areas and. That's what uh, motivates me, and 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 like you know, I did a fantastic um, ride from Fongmata to Taupo, which was 255 k's last week. Um, you know, it took me eight hours, and it was just a nothing better than a point-to-point ride. It's um, mm-hmm. quite quite cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the family we were going there, so uh, I just hopped on a bike, they hopped in the car, and I saw them eight hours later, and and um, yeah, it was just uh, one of those sensational days that you just yeah you you. you you remember those probably sometimes more than um, races. You know, they they something that motivates you. And so I'm, I have little um, things like that, goals that um, over the next couple of months that I'll do. You know, I've got a gravel bike now, so I'm going to do some epic gravel bike riding over, um, once Ironman's out of the way, and um, just do little things like that. You know, some massive, you know, two and a half, yeah. three hour runs in, in some some trail somewhere. And I think I think you know having little goals like that outside of races really really keeps the motivation um, you know firing. Well, I think now more than ever, right? I mean, Definitely. we're all looking yep. for things to keep us keep us kind of inspired. Yep. You know, I've got a big five k that I think they're going to have on February sixth, so that's my big thing. See if I can break 18, 18 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, that's my big goal right now. I just ran my longest run of the year, which we're only 14, 15 days in, so it's not too bad, but. Uh, that was 8k this morning so there you go awesome it's a goal it's a goal everyone's got to have it's a goal there we go yeah yeah what about a a race is there one race? i mean you've done new zealand ironman that many times is that the ironman that people should be saying hey get go and do uh yeah it's a fantastic ironman i i I, um roth is you know um the crowds the support that you know hundred thousand people you know surrounded the course and it's quite an incredible place you know it's just a small town in, in Germany, um, and yeah, just yeah, very very cool cool race, and um, that's that's one race that you know I'll, I'll do again. Um, but yeah, yeah, each race I think has, has its little parts that you remember, and um, um, you know, there's so many throughout my career. Probably some of them are short course races that I've done, you know, in different parts of the world. You know, mm. and, and and yeah, it's not just the racing; it's the the atmosphere afterwards. You know, I think the, part, the parties that we had in Umea after the race were just legendary and just <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you know, the the Foster parties. You know, that I don't know if you were a Foster bear yeah, boy. Yeah. Aren't, we you know? we used to go up. We used to go up just for the party. I never yeah, raced yeah, it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that was just the, the after party. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, some some cool times there with all, Ishigaki all the Ishigaki World Cup. Always had yep. a good party. Did yep, you, yep. you did you do Ishigaki World yep, Cup? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, and uh, when I had Terenza Bazona, you know, other New Zealand Ironman athlete, incredible in his own right, I said, yeah, that's when I first met you at the karaoke party, you know, post Ishigaki. <laughs> he was this confident Kiwi up on stage running the whole show. I think he was 17 or 18 at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, because you, you're right, it is It is everything that goes around, um, you know, the event, uh, the build-up, you know, obviously the, the Noosa Triathlon Festival was always huge. Yep. For, for a big party and a good celebration so um mate so you've got five six weeks till uh new zealand i it's gonna be a very new zealand field i mean is there anybody coming in from overseas do you no, think i mean no, i don't think no anybody one. can get in new no, zealand no 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 tourists are allowed so it's yeah pretty sad um tom um joe skipper was uh, messaged me um, a couple of weeks ago and trying to you know trying to get down here and he wanted to come back but um yeah, sadly, you know, unless you get some sort of visa, um, 
you know, no tourists. It's only returning New Zealand residents that come can come and oh, yeah. so the, the race is um, filled by you know half the field is um, overseas athletes. So um, you know, there's normally fifteen hundred athletes and, and seven hundred and fifty of those are normally from you know from every part of the world. So it's crazy to, to think that you know it's only going to be Kiwis um, that are going to be here and um, and racing. So. Uh, um, I don't know how many. I think it's maybe about six or seven hundred on the start line at the moment. So um, you know, we'll um, we'll see. Um, hopefully, a few more enter. But um, yep, it's going to be a Kiwi only race, sadly. Well, that's. A, I mean, it's still that's still a quality field. I mean, when you're talking Braden Curry, Terenza Bazone, yep, Mike yourself, Phillips, yep, yep. Mike Phillips. I mean, that's. Uh, Mark Bosted is Mark still? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to race this year. No, no. No, uh, but th- th- there's still it's still a that's a pretty great field of competitors you're going to have. So that'll be good. It'll be actually be good to just see a pure New Zealand race. It's yeah. like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. I, I I can see now why you get a little bit nervous while you think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems crazy that you know. Oh, that was one week later. Um, we were pretty much locked down in New Zealand after that race. So we we were very very yeah. happy that that um, that race got um, took place and. Uh, we hope there's no no outbreaks in the next six weeks. Um, you know, and we can um, we can race again on March the sixth. Yeah, it's been a little bit difficult, hasn't it? Trying to train full on, thinking is this race going to actually happen? You know, that's been kind of the from a lot of these episodes throughout last year when I spoke to a lot of athletes. It was this kind of like, how much do I really give to it, knowing that you know, yeah, there's a good chance it's not happening. Um, but you know. I think I think you train like it is because I think you like me. You like the hard training. You like turning up and pushing yourself, and so it's nice to have a goal. And even if it's taken away last minute, it, the journey is what really mattered anyway. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah, I was, I was definitely I was thinking about that. The same thing. It's you know sometimes it's the journey, the race is mm-hmm. just you know part of it, but it's it's the, the, the you know I actually start missing doing the long stuff when I start to taper. You know, it's um, I think that's more enjoyable than sometimes the race. It's. Uh, we, you know what takes part and you know the fun you have along along the way just getting to the race you know with your your mates and, and I, always, I, mean, I always try and you know have 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 a good few guys that uh, I train with and um, you know enjoy the experience and yeah, I think that's what's uh, kept me in the sport for so long is you know having those guys that you can have a great relationship and train and have some fun with. Of course, yeah, man. I, I mean, we had some good good rides. I remember back in Boulder when I was planning on doing a few longer races and. And uh, and it is, I think, especially when you start getting on the bike for those five and six hours, it's, there's a real camaraderie when you have some good training buddies around you to to experience all of that. But, mate, this has been absolutely wonderful. I truly appreciate you taking the time, especially after you've had a big weekend of training and you're trying to refuel after your run this morning. And uh, But, mate, it, it's been a real thrill for me to catch up, have this chat, uh, get to know you a little bit better, to be honest, uh, you know, some of your past and, and where you've come from. So it's it's been a real absolute delight so thanks for coming on mate oh, no, it's been a pleasure i always um always remember on the um xerox tri tour i think we all got sick and we were all um i think our well she had this echin echin was it echinacea um <laughs> bottle of you know fluid we're all pumping through ourselves trying to trying to get you know healthy again and um oh yeah i think i think uh it was probably probably three quarters of us uh, got sick on that trip it was um we were going from one state to the next around Australia and, and uh, racing our hearts out. And, yeah, it was it was great times. And yeah, I think yeah, 
it's good reminiscing about the past and yeah good great great talking to you again greg Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that Fuji Xerox tour yeah. was something special, though. Oh, You're right. Yeah. We did a swim one place, then a bike the next, then a run the next. We just kept traveling, and we in teams of three. Uh, you know, there was a New Zealand team, Australia Gold, Australia Green, I think a European, European team. team. Yep, yep, yep. And maybe another one, uh, a US team, I think. Yes. Glenn Mangum in that. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, it was, a, it was a really fun tour, that one we, we all had. But I remember we all were battling with sickness <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Anyway, there, there's, we could go on for hours reminiscing and, and telling stories, but I know you've got to get you know get yourself recovering properly. So I do appreciate it, mate. Now, for people that want to follow you, um, Cam Brown seventy two yes. on Instagram. Yep. Uh, is that the best place? Where else? Yeah. Uh, yep. yep. oh, I mean, they yep. I mean, um, Cam Cameron Brown. I mean, Triflute on Facebook. Um, Perfect. Yep. And uh, Perfect. I'll yeah, put those in the show notes. I try and put everything up on Instagram and uh, just yeah, just try and show and enjoy the journey and um, just try and inspire people and if they can take something out of it and to get them motivated and that's um that's that's cool that's awesome well keep doing what you're doing mate you're inspiring all of us as we all you know approach this 50 or a new landmark for all of us and and you just keep ticking away and it's it's great to watch mate so all the very very best for new zealand iron man um lucky 13 would be fantastic <laughs> and uh anyway thanks everybody for listening um if you want to, you can go to bennettendurance.com forward slash media for the show notes, timestamps, coupon codes, and, and all the links I'll, I'll put to Cam there. Um, Cam, stay on the line, mate. And this has been fantastic. Cheers. Thanks, Greg. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.